Welcome to the Kirkwood Sports Podcast in one of the most disappointing performances of the season. Indiana University has fallen to Nebraska by a final score of 66-51 to at home. It's important to note that this is actually the first loss for the Hoosiers at home on either the women's or men's side of things this season. I'm joined by the usual co-hosts of Matt Cohen and Jerry Rigdon. Guys, good to be with you, but not a good result tonight from the Indiana University Hoosiers. Yeah, I think there's a key reason why we're doing this tonight instead of waiting till later in the week. I think the way IU played tonight, there's a lot of frustration. I think I think we just need to you know talk about what's gone wrong over the past three games. And, and that would be a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff went wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, guys, when I look at what went wrong today uh, – it's got to be – it has to be the starting few minutes. I mean, there was just no energy, uh, and the offense kind of showed that early. I mean, that's been a theme all season, honestly, except for really Maryland and – except for Maryland and Marquette. And granted, they still lost to Maryland. Um, I mean, slow starts have all season been a thing that I just have to deal with, and it hasn't really bit them too hard until tonight because I think – a game like Duke, maybe you could say, well, I mean, they were never going to win that game. Um, but it, it, I mean, a slow start never really killed them until it did tonight. I mean, you go now, you go down nine nothing. Archie Burns a timeout within three minutes. I mean, it looked bad. There were people were booing within the first five minutes of the ball game, and this is a full crowd on a Monday night expecting a, a big turnaround. They haven't seen a home game since uh, Illinois, and the students haven't seen a game since Louisville about a month ago. So, I mean, these these the fans were ready to explode tonight, and IU gave them nothing to cheer about. I, I think it's important to note at the 444 mark, uh, the uh, first under-five timeout to start the uh, in the first half, Hoosiers actually found themselves down 26-11, to 11, and that was immediately after a fantasy layup. Um, so they were really actually, just a few seconds earlier, it was 26-9. Um, to start this ball game. And, you know, I look at the shooting percentage to start the game. It got better as the game went on. But at the end of the day, guys, it was just not enough to even get the job done. And listen, you know, this is not a bad loss. Nebraska is a good team. But the fact that there was zero competitiveness in this ball game really is telling. I mean, you shoot 37%, 14% from three. That won't get the job done in the Big Ten regular season. That won't get the job done rarely in the MAC regular season. So that's kind of my big takeaways from this game today. Uh, Cohen, I want to start with you on this one. I want to talk about Romeo Langford tonight. Obviously, he's continued to be the star for IU. He and Jawan Morgan have been fantastic. The only bright spots on this season, I think. Langford with 18 points on 5 of 14 shooting. Zero of four from deep, eight of 11 from the free throw line after going 100% against Maryland. Six rebounds, one assist, one foul, four turnovers in 38 minutes. Cohen, I want to start for you, and then we're going to go to Rigdon real quick. What did you think of Langford's performance tonight? 
So as you guys know, I've always been a big uh, Romeo Langford apologist, and I don't think he was necessarily bad tonight. I think he missed a lot of shots. He was, I believe, 5 for 14. Yeah, 5 for 14 shooting for tonight, 0 for 4 from 3. Um, I don't think it was anywhere near as well he, as he played against Maryland the other day. And it was, frankly, you know, far from his best game. I don't think it was bad necessarily. Um, but at some point, I think he struggled with the 1-3-1 zone that Nebraska played, which I mean, everyone struggled with the 1-3-1 zone that Nebraska played. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of this you want to put on Romeo. I think it's just with an overall team failure. And could Romeo have done more? Sure. But, I mean, at some point, he still had 18 points, which was a good amount of IU's points for the night. And I don't really know how much more people can expect out of him when no one else besides Jawan is doing anything. I mean, everyone is – if you watch IU play all season, it's it's not hard to tell that Romeo struggled with his jump shot at times, especially from three. And against Nebraska, they're playing this one-three-one zone, very hard to penetrate. And IU wasn't getting much, uh, much into the lane all night. And so Romeo was having to settle to shoot these threes or these long jumpers. And this really hasn't been his forte all year. So I think it was a, it was product of the defense that they were facing. Uh, Nebraska did an excellent job um, on everybody tonight, and and Romeo had to step up because honestly nobody else did. I mean, Romeo and Juwan combined for 35 of IU's 51 points, and the next highest scoring leading scorer was uh, two guys tied with five points, I believe. So it's, it's Romeo's just having to do a lot right now, and it's like it's really just a two-man show, and it's kind of embarrassing for Archie Miller's um, team right there is only have two guys that people have to defend, honestly. Yeah, another amazing stat to look at tonight. Uh, the only player – to finish with a plus minus that was positive this evening for the Moore was Clifton Moore with plus four. Everyone else, Romeo finished with a team leading negative 15. Uh, and then you have Al Durham with negative 10, uh, Morgan with negative 11, McRoberts with negative 11, Fennessey with negative two, uh, Fitzner with only negative five, which is improvement from negative 24 against Maryland. But still just overall, you see this team kind of struggled defensively tonight to break down the Nebraska team. And don't get me wrong, the Nebraska team had excellent shooters this ballgame. I mean, just flat out could shoot the three very well. They were 8 of 24, but they, to be honest with you guys, most of those eight came on very wide open shots. Um, there were a lot of threes there where I think if you look at ball games in the past, you close out maybe a little sooner. They're not going to hit that. So I think that's a big thing. But I think the biggest thing and the biggest Achilles heel for this Hoosiers team is there's depth. You can go deep on the bench with guys. Um, I think it's a definitely interesting lineup. It's an interesting team. I think you do have guys who can shoot the ball, not consistently, but you have guys who can shoot the ball. You have star player. You have experience. This team has not one thing. They lack one thing in particular. And you can see it on the court when you watch them every time out. They don't have a guy like a Thomas Bryant who's going to dunk and then get the entire team fired up. They don't have a guy who's going to scream, let's go, after getting a big charge in the final five minutes of a five-point game. They don't have a guy who's going to hit a big three in a clutch moment. There's not you can make the argument Langford's the go-to guy on the court. My question is, who's the go-to leader on the court? Because I'm telling you, it's not Juwan. It's not McRoberts. It's not Fennessey. Who is it? Who's the guy to get everyone else hyped up? Because 
yeah, there's a lot of talent on this team, but there's not a true leader on this team, and that's what's really hurting them down the stretch of the Big Ten season. And I, th- I think it's a team that's really lacking in personality. You're definitely right about that. Um, I mean, who who should the leader be? It should be Juwan. But I think you're dead on that Juwan. I mean, he talked in the press conference. He had a quote. I forget exactly what it was, but something about taking accountability. And, you know, that's what he needs to say as the senior captain on this team and as the star uh, veteran player on this team. But Yeah, he, I mean, it, it's, it's true. Juwan Morgan does need to take accountability. But he also, every time IU loses a game – it's the same quote over and over. When are you going to actually take accountability and sit this team down, look this team in the eye? This is a very young team. I mean, you've got McRoberts and you've got Morgan and you've got Fitzner, but Fitzner is just at this point, why even play him? He's not doing anything. He's just hurting the team. He can't dribble. He can't shoot. He can't do anything. You gotta have Juwan Morgan sit down, look at this team, say, Archie, give me 10 minutes with this team. I'm going to sit down and tell him, Hey, this is life in the Big Ten, but we've got to turn it around. We've still got uh, 14, 15 more games, something like that, left to go. There's time to turn this around and not let this turn into a train wreck of a season. He's got to sit down and be the leader and be the senior captain that he is. And that's going to happen now because they play at West Lafayette on Saturday. I mean, yeah, we have uh, the next three games. You got at Purdue, at Northwestern, which despite being near the bottom of the Big Ten has put up a lot of fights this year. And then, Michigan overtime. then might as well uh, top that off with Michigan coming back to town, a team that just whooped them a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'm going to stop you both right there. Jared, you were in the press conference after the game. Tell me the mood from Archie Miller and how you thought that was kind of around the mood in that kind of press room. I mean, honestly, he, he was really kind of confused, it seemed like. I mean, this was a team that had um, – that had come out firing his Maryland. Yeah, I know they blew the lead there at the end, but he it's just a team that he knew from the start that this team was not ready to play tonight, and uh, it didn't look like he did much to to help that cause. And it was just a somber mood from Romeo, from Jawan, and from Archie. They're they just I guess they don't really have an explanation right now. And Archie believes that a lot of the players are losing confidence in themselves, but. Honestly, that's up to the coaching staff to build that confidence back up. I mean, you're getting players healthy. Uh, you got Finnessy back. You got McRoberts back. You got Davis back. There's no excuse for them not being energetic to play. That, that that falls on the coaching staff and that falls on Jawan Morgan, that these guys and Archie Miller need to have this team ready to play no matter what time of the day and no matter what day of the week you're playing. Okay, I wanna put- I'm going to stop you guys right there. I don't think you can put all the blame on Jawan, though. I don't want to say – the Yes, he is the senior starter, but at the same time, you have guys like Devontae Green, Justin Smith, Al Durham, uh, McRoberts, Davis. I mean, guys who have been with this program, even Clifton Moore, uh, guys who have been with this program over a year who sometimes need to step up and challenge each other, I think, and need to provide that energy and need to get excited after a big play. There's no energy on the court with this team, and you see that in the way they play. It doesn't – I mean, just the way they – even something as small as getting back on defense, it doesn't seem like any one of these guys is, like, excited to play the game night in and night out. Now, part of that is Romeo Langford's personality. He's not going to be that kind of guy. He's pretty shy. He's quiet. He does his work, and then he gets out. That's just how who he is. But that's not who – I don't think that's who Juwan Morgan is. You know, I think that's what this team needs, and they definitely – need to provide a little more energy. But, guys, I want to jump over to the three-point shooting. Uh, not where it needs to be. 2 of 14, 14.3% on the night. We know this isn't a three-point shooting team. 
But in the Big Ten, you got to do better than that. Um, Griffin, I'm going to go back on that that last topic just for one minute. And you talk about how this can't all fall on Juwan Morgan, and I think that is the case. But at the same time, um, if you're going to become a leader, you got to show it in both um, your leadership and both with your performance on the court. And really right now, IU has three guys that they can count on at all times, and that being Juwan Morgan, Langford, Finnessy, and the rest of the team is honestly – I don't know why they're not playing with just three players because Justin Smith, Devontae Green, Al Durham's hurt again now. He left the game tonight. Fitzner, I mean, none of these guys are doing anything to help IU basketball, so I don't know why why we want them to be leaders. I'm going to stop you there because, you know, at the same time, like somebody might not light up the stat sheet every night, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve minutes. I mean, Fitzner might not put up 20 a game, but Fitzner might be able to provide a little length on defense that Hoosiers don't have when – Morgan's not in the ball game. I mean, not everything is scoring and rebounds and steals and assists. Sometimes it's a lot of other things, setting screens, um, you know, boxing out, you know, sometimes being able to just match up well with the defense. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, an opposing coach in the Big Ten might put a different guy in that Morgan matches up terribly with, but frankly, Fitzner does a pretty good job defending. That's the kind of defender Fitzner wants. So I'm not going to go into the whole, like, if they don't, score they're not going to play because I mean the only team that actually follows that rule I think is Duke and that's because their top seven guys are all Americans so um, I I just believe that you know it's not all about scoring all the time and at what point though can you put blame on Archie because I mean he's also has no personality at all he's never someone who's going to hype you up this doesn't appear that way from anything I've ever seen and tonight he made no adjustments at all I mean the one they I don't think my point of view from behind the basket was when they played that one one zone, it was the same style of offense the whole game. They tried to bully – I mean, they didn't really bully that much, but they just tried to do the same thing over and over and over again, and it never worked, and they never made a change. At what point do you have to put coaching in there? Uh, I don't I don't ever like blaming coaching because, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, we don't know what's going on in that huddle. I, I just personally, from a personal standpoint – I'm a firm believer, and the guy who's getting paid $7 million to do basketball 24-7 is probably going to know more than a guy like me who's just an observer. Um, but at the same time, I you know I do think sometimes when it came to Crean, after eight years, yeah, coaching did become an issue. Archie's in his second season with a team that was mostly recruited by Tom Crean and then a few transfers that Archie brought in. That's my two points. But finally, a lot of this is Archie's game plan. If you're a coach, your game plan is probably made up to work. Sometimes the other team comes in with a better game plan. They totally change. Usually that's pretty rare. But I do think it's not Archie's coaching. It's the lack of execution by the players. So that, when it comes to coaching, that's what I usually think it is. I don't think with how much coaches are getting paid and with how much deep analysis goes into the game of basketball today, I rarely think it's a coach drawing up the wrong game plan. I really do think when it doesn't work out well, and especially when it's a blowout like it is tonight, it's a lack of execution. I mean, honestly, and yeah. you think here's that- the thing. Another thing I want to note, you hear it all the time. It's kind of cliche, so I apologize. There are going to be nights when your shots don't fall. It is a key thing in basketball. It happens a lot. Shots don't always go your way. But what honestly, else of the game can you control 
that can help you tilt the game in your way. And I think a big part of that is closing out a shooter. And tonight we just didn't see that very work effectively. I mean, honestly, and, yeah, you, you had, um, Griffin, I'm going to interrupt you here, but I mean, when IU is not a very, very good shooting team, and we all know that, everyone in the nation knows that. And, and tonight was really a case of that, but also this is when IU's got to do the small things like, like rebound the ball. They're giving up way too many offensive rebounds to six foot guards out there for Nebraska. You got to close that on defense, hustle for the ball. And really you just got to give a damn because it looked like everybody on the team did not care to be there. Even Archie Miller didn't care to be there. Honestly, it looked like, Oh, it was a six thirty tip that they looks like they forgot about. I, I know it was a short travel weekend. They had to come back from Maryland, had to prepare for Nebraska, got a couple days off, but you got to be focused and ready to come out at 6.30 on Monday night against Nebraska because you knew that game was on schedule. As soon as you got on the plane back from Maryland, you knew you had to be ready for Nebraska to come Monday night, and nobody was ready. Yeah, I agree with with Rigdon wholeheartedly there. I mean, like the fans were more ready for that game than the players were, which, I mean, the fans, you know, get excited. It's Indiana basketball. They're going to get excited. But, like, the players have to care. And there was – I mean, I saw no impression they cared at all about this game. I'm going to stop you both right there. I love you both. But at the end of the day, like, I, I just – I don't really work well with the idea of they don't care. I, I, I They care. Like, they're, they want to win. They want to be good. Like, you can't tell me Jawan Morgan doesn't care about this team and does not care about this game. But there are times when there's a lack of execution and a lack – or it sometimes does seem a lack of effort and a lack of hustle. That I will agree. But I don't think the lack of care is there. I mean, I do think – I mean, not to go full into this, I, I do think there is definitely a correlation between the amount that you care and the amount that you hustle and how hard you try, how much effort you put into it. There's there's definitely a link there. I mean, not saying that they don't care, but, like, it just felt that well, I mean, okay. I'm not in their heads, and I'm sure they care, but if it certainly feels like they didn't the way they hustled tonight because the, they didn't hustle. Uh, final key here for Nebraska, and then I kind of want to move on to a quick preview for next week. Uh, Nebraska, Indiana, final score, 66-51. Uh, guys, real quick, one key from you both. Uh, try to keep it different here. What needs to improve going forward, not just for Purdue, but for other games the rest of the season that we did not see in this game? Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot. I mean, I it's hard. Hard to pin one thing just because so many things went wrong. I mean, I, I guess oh, if I – what a great attitude, Matt. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one thing because there's, again, a lot going wrong right now. I mean, I still go back to the slow starts. Um, if you get a better start in that game, keep the crowd in the game, I don't think what happens tonight is what happens. I think the, the game flows much better for IU. I mean, because when, when they had to play from behind, they started shooting more threes and – you know they're they are I I looked this up while we were talking about they are they are 87th in the country in three point shooting percentage at 36.3 I believe that was coming into tonight I don't think I don't know if this has been updated yet but this is on the NCAA website um so they're not you know the worst of the worst they're the top 100 so I mean there's a lot of teams that are worse um but they I mean they basically pigeonholed themselves into a position that they weren't really fit to be in they like to play a game where they can you know drive inside more and you know take a little more time with the ball and they couldn't do that when they were down by 18 points in the first half you know you get a faster start you can play more 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 to your style and i think that would have helped iu tonight um i'm gonna have to go with what they can improve on uh, um getting in this weekend and the rest of big 10 plays they gotta attack the basket better i use 
especially Langford and um, Morgan and Finnessy are, are probably at the best when they attack the basket. I know Nebraska was playing a very uh, intriguing style of zone, and they're a very long athletic team. But a team like Purdue, not very quick on defense, not very quick off the ball. Um, you got to expose them and get to the line, and you're going to start getting baskets to fall, and then that's when the confidence starts to rise. And you can get out in transition and run a little bit more. Don't need to settle for threes or long jump shots to get to the basket, and, and I think the offense is going to start to improve once they can do that. Even though they got 30 points inside the paint tonight, you still think they need to drive into the basket? I mean, Romeo missed a lot of shots that he wouldn't typically miss tonight. There were a lot of forced baskets in the paint, and there were a lot of ones that, that you need to you need to Romeo needs to drive and do what he does. He just draw the contact and get – I know some of the calls weren't going his way, but get to the lane, draw contact, and put that ball in the bucket. Okay. Yeah, those are pretty all good points. Uh, I'm going to go back to – I you know, it's been my thing since day one. Um, it's kind of a repetitive – it's two things. And I think it's at the bottom line where basketball can be won and lost, no matter how well you shoot the three, no matter how well your offense works – it's if these two things don't go your way, uh, you're not going to win the ball game, and that is total rebounds and free throws. Hoosiers missed eight free throws tonight. That would have made the game a 66-57 matchup. Not focus on that though. Okay, that's a much better score, appealing wise, in the Big Ten. But not to mention, uh, they got out rebounded by nine tonight. Um, you know, rebounding is one of those things I think in basketball it's extremely underrated, but it's something that if you can consistently out-rebound opponents by five to t- seven to ten every night in and night out, it's a hard thing to do, but if you can constantly do that, uh, you're going to have a good basketball team. Um, and that's something the Hoosiers have kind of struggled with tonight, and that's something they need to improve on uh, going forward. Moving on, uh, I want to talk about the Purdue Boilermakers. That game coming up on Saturday, a little in-state matchup, their first meeting of the season. They will meet twice. Uh, Purdue will come to Assembly Hall, I believe, in February. Uh, but Indiana heading to Mackey Arena this Saturday. Uh, guys, Purdue, another team not doing too well. Uh, they are 10-6, and six, fourth in the Big Ten, however. Uh Kind of really quick, talk to me about what you see from a Purdue team that has not had the season that they were kind of looking to have after last year. Um, so just first of all, before I get into Purdue, I just want to follow up um, on your comments here um, on the rebounding and the free throw. So I, I looked at the, the stats. Uh, I use averaging a, just about uh, a little under two rebounds more per game than their opponents this season and just about four more free throws per game. Uh, compared to their opponents. So they're really not winning those battles by large margins. And you got to figure also those include, you know, Chicago State, Montana State, Central Arkansas. So a lot of teams that IU, you know, throttled. Um, But uh, on Purdue, uh, I think the game plan is, I mean, it's not simple, but if you stop Carson Edwards, you're probably going to win the game. Um, And that's no easy task, obviously. I mean, Carson Edwards is a National Player of the Year candidate. Um, but I mean, I think obviously the focus is Carson Edwards for this game. Yeah, I mean, this is a. If you talk about IUB kind of relying on two players, I mean, uh, we I watched Purdue play Butler earlier in this year in the game before the uh, IU in the crosser or Purdue Notre versus Dame. Notre Dame. My bad in the game for IU versus Butler in the crosser the classic. I mean, Carson Edwards is probably going to put up 25 points, but he's also going to take 30 shots to get there, and they really don't have a second option unless a guy like 
uh, Noel Eastern or Ryan Klein starts to heat up and starts to hit buckets. Honestly, with the home crowd, I could see uh, Ryan Klein having a pretty good day from three. Uh, but if IU can kind of use their uh, length and athleticism to uh, keep Purdue from hitting shots, um, they might have a chance to stay in this ballgame. Um, and uh, Travion Williams, the guy that uh, Jared didn't mention, but this guy has been playing really well for Purdue recently, was great against Wisconsin when they upset the batters at, at, at Kohl Center. Um, I mean, he's not their star, he's obviously. Okay. I mean, based on record, it was. and I mean, I, Purdue was also the underdog based on Vegas betting lines. But, um, I mean, if that's if, if you want to judge an upset based on based on Vegas, it was an upset. Um, I mean, Trevion Williams has been playing well for them. He's a forward for them. I, that's going to be obviously a key matchup in the game. I mean, not as key as Carson Edwards, but he's a guy that, I mean, I used struggled with big men this season. I, hey, that could be an issue for the Hoosiers. Um, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. You know, I look at the Big Ten standings. First of all, uh, anyone who doesn't say the Big Ten is a strong conference is a liar. Uh, 14 teams in the Big Ten, two, two teams do not have a record above 500 overall this season. Uh, even Rutgers has an 8-7 and seven record. Uh, but everyone about that, uh, Northwestern is 10-7. and seven. Uh, Ohio State twelve and four, Wisconsin eleven and six, Nebraska thirteen and four, Iowa, Indiana, Minnesota, Purdue, Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan. The Big Ten might not have the most ranked teams at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, the Big Ten has the deepest level of success. At the end of the day, you know we might not have the best teams in the nation, but at the end of the day, we have some of the best teams in the nation, and then the nation's most decent teams. Um, when I look at the Big Ten as a whole, and by the way, the only two teams not above 500 are Penn State and Illinois. Um, but here's oh, by the way, who are two of three IU's three conference wins? Huh? Who are two of three's? Sorry, Jared and I yeah. have the same thought. Great minds think alike here. Uh, who are two of th- two of IU's three conference wins? Exactly. Uh, but moving forward, uh, listen. I think you look at a Purdue team. You have a team that is going through an adjustment year. And you look at this Purdue-Indiana University rivalry, usually the team that is going through an adjustment year gets taken advantage of by the team who's closer to being a better team. And for me, I think that's Indiana this year, and I think Purdue's kind of having that adjustment. Uh, You know, Ryan Klein is an experiment that has not paid out for Purdue. Uh, Carson Edwards is absolutely phenomenal, but he has to take 26 shots a game. Uh, you know, I look at Eastern, Eifert, Williams, they have shown improvement, but they're not able to provide what I think this team needs. Uh, and this team needs another weapon. This team needs another guy. And they just don't have that right now. And I think that was so good. That's what so that was what was so good about Edwards is he didn't need to be the go-to guy, but when you needed to him to be, he was. Um, and that's what made Purdue so successful last year. This year is a different story because everybody in the world knows you're going to Carson Edwards. Uh, he's averaging 42. He played 42 minutes against Wisconsin. He's probably averaging, uh, you know, 38 minutes a game. Um, they need him every single game. They need him to play large minutes. So overall, I think this is a team that is struggling uh, they are 10 and six in the uh, overall, three and two in the conference after that win against Wisconsin. As we were saying, uh, they do have to play Rutgers at home. 
before they have to play Indiana. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, but listen, this is a team that you can't underestimate, but this is an opportunity for Indiana, I think, to wake up a little bit. And I think if you go in with that mentality and you actually go in with the game with let's start off strong and finish strong, keep in mind, Indiana did not have a field goal in the final five minutes of play tonight. If you can start off extremely strong and finish with your best basketball, Indiana should have no problem in this ball game and win it by seven to ten points. Uh, however, if you start off slow, Purdue's going to cap off that home momentum and they are going to capitalize and they're going to beat you by fifteen, kind of like a Nebraska team did to you tonight at home. Yeah, um, I mean, I I think you're definitely dead on this. Sorry, I'm just quickly I'm 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 looking up the all time series with with Purdue while we're talking. Um, yeah, this one hurts to hear. Yeah. Going what Purdue fans like to bring up. Yeah, I mean, it's their only thing they can bring up because we got the banners. Um, I mean, sorry, was that, when was the last time that Purdue won something? Continue. They won, um, they won the old open bucket. So, the last time IU won at Mackey, looks like it was 2013. Yeah, um, when we were number now, one and Purdue was struggling. Yeah. But keep so, in mind, hold on, hold on. Over the past few years, Look Look at the teams we have been when they played. 2014 right. was a terrible year for IU basketball. Purdue was a, a better team and in a more comfortable position, not restructuring itself. Every year, the team that is restructuring, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it, is the one that loses this matchup in years past. Uh, when Purdue lost Robbie Hummel, they were restructuring. Uh, an IU team that was on the rise of Cody Zeller beat him twice. Uh, the year after, IU swept him again. Um, IU was the number one team in the nation for majority of the year that year. Uh, the year after, IU was struggling. as one of Tom Crean's worst years. People were calling for his head that year. He lost to Purdue. So I do think, like, for the past few years, Purdue has been the better program. Now it's even. Both these teams are about even right now. As Indiana's 12-5, and Purdue's 10-6. and They'll be 11-6 and after they beat Rutgers later this week at home. Are we assuming they're going to beat Rutgers? Yes, because whenever I see Rutgers on the schedule, I just assume it's an automatic win for whoever's playing. Really, um, follow Ohio State too much, then. <laughs> but anyway, I'm saying moving forward, I do think that Purdue could struggle the rest of the way here. Yes, but the, the just play devil's advocate here, um, because I I do think IU is going to find a way to win this game. I just I I can't see them losing four in a row. Um, but that said. You've lost three in a row, and you've played three straight really bad halves of basketball. It cannot be easy to just walk into Mackey with the way they've been playing recently. That is not an easy place to play at all, especially in this rivalry. It's going to be extremely loud up there. As they say, as the kids say these days, it will be electric. It will be electric in Mackey. Should, is IU the better team in that game? Yes. And they're going to have to play like they know they're the better team. And that may sound weird, but, I mean, they really have to go in there with confidence. And that's the, that's the question. How do you get confidence with the way you've been playing over the last three halves of basketball? Guys, I know we talked about Purdue a lot. I kind of want to move on to our next game at Northwestern. That will be the next game before our next big podcast uh, for that Michigan game. Uh, but Northwestern on the road. Uh, 
never a really tough place to play in Evanston. Uh, what do you guys think about that matchup? I know Northwestern's a team that's struggling after losing McIntosh, but they're still a tough squad, and they gave Indiana a fight when they came to Assembly Hall earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean, they also t- took Michigan to overtime at Evanston earlier this year. That's, and that's the thing with the Big Ten. Is Northwestern a tournament team? Probably not. That's still not going to be an easy game. I don't – I mean – that's not a game I expect IU to win by 20 or anything. I think that's more of a game that they should win, but if anything, by, like, what, 7 to 10? I mean, it's going to be what – I believe it's, like, a 9 o'clock tip. If not, it's a late tip on a Tuesday. It's a, yeah, it's a 9 o'clock tip on Big yeah, Ten Network. a 9 o'clock tip on a Tuesday does not ever speak well for IU. It's just it, – <laughs> and or 9 o'clock tips. It's at Northwestern. Vic Law has been banged up recently. He hasn't been playing much, but who knows if Northwestern – First of all, Vic Law has been playing at Northwestern for the past 25 years. I'm yes, convinced. He's second to Aaron Kraft in terms of length of careers in the Big Ten. I mean, and Derek Parton dominated us too. Okay, so you guys obviously are kind of looking. I want it real quick. Like, I don't need an explanation. Just give me your record. Um, over the next two games, I use record. Go. I'll one and one. <laughs> I'll give you one and one, but I can't make up my mind where the ones come from. I agree with Jared. I'm going two and zero oh here. I'm an optimist. Uh, I do think Indiana matches up extremely well with Purdue. Uh, I just don't know who guards Romeo um, and Jawan there. I think it's going to be too much to handle for Purdue. Uh, I think. The finish the Edwards matchup will be very fun to watch because, as we remember, Finnessy uh, had to guard another one of the top scorers in the country for Marquette earlier this year, and look how that worked out. Um, so very excited to see Finnessy try to lock down a very talented Carson Edwards. Uh, as for Northwestern, Indiana does extremely well over there in Chicago. I know there's a huge alumni base in Illinois, of Indiana alumni, and usually they pack that place 50% with IU fans. So I'm going 2 now there. Uh, I do think Archie has a good back, um, comeback here over the next few weeks. Uh, guys, final thoughts. Uh, 10 seconds or less. Tell me why fans should or should not have hope for the rest of the season. Fans should have hope because there's a lot of games left and a lot of good opportunities left to get some wins in the Big Ten, especially in February. Jared. Yeah, I have got to agree because um, honestly, there's not a, really a bad loss in Big Ten play, but there's a lot of chances for a really good wins, and it starts on Saturday. A win at Purdue is going to look like a pretty good win at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you both. I think if you can win Purdue on the road, it makes it a lot easier to beat Purdue at home later in the year. Two and over Purdue looks very good, even if IU does not have a good rest of the year. At least you beat the rival, right? Um, moving forward, Indiana has some tough games going down the stretch. Um, we will keep you updated with game recaps coming up on the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. For more information, you can check us out on SoundCloud. Just Google us, Kirkwood Sports Podcast on SoundCloud. Or you can check us out now on iTunes for the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. You can subscribe and you can listen to our show. Hey, give us a rate if you're on there, too. We'd love to hear you. Uh, but wrap it up for Matt Cohen and Jared Lincoln. I'm Dirk Gonzalez. We'll see you next time on the Kirkwood Sports Podcast. Let's go.